Affirm New York, New Jersey is a local branch of Affirm National, an organization of transnational women engaged in the theory and practice of intersectional and transnational feminism. Revolutionary Survival in the Time of COVID-19 was originally hosted by Affirm New York, New Jersey as a webinar and recorded in May of 2020. At that time, New York City was the epicenter of the pandemic in the United States. Hospitals had limited capacity, and many people who fell ill with COVID-19 were turned away and forced to treat themselves at home. With the global rise of COVID-19 and current questions around vaccine access and equity, this workshop has been highly requested. Soki Maria Laya Smith is a nurse, an activist, a Reiki master and Theta healing practitioner. In this webinar rebroadcast, she shares her strategies of surviving COVID-19 and as a healing practitioner, discusses what it means to create longer term survival programs that revolutionize our building a healthier and just feminist world. Thank you, everyone. Uh, welcome. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, I don't know what part of the US or world you are, but uh, welcome. And thank you, Firm, for inviting me and allowing me to share uh, my experiences and my point of view of the healthcare system right now in the US. Um, so, oh my goodness, right now I'm all in the full frame. Okay, this is something new. Okay. So, uh, just before I, I continue, I just would like to make a disclaimer that I'm not an expert. So, everything I'm going to share with you is I'm not an expert in this. So, you guys might know more or you've read more about it or Maybe you have more examples of uh, experiences that you've had that worked for you, and that's really great. So this is actually from my point of view, my belief, and my experience. Also, uh, I'd like to share that I'm not a healer. I assist in people's healing, and I don't cure people. Yes, I'm a nurse, so I help people with you know, with healthcare advices, but as I've said, I'm not a healer, so I'm not responsible for anybody's healing. So the things that I'm gonna share with you are not like by any means cure or to be considered a cure to COVID, but it's for me something that you can take as self-care and to see maybe, uh, maybe holistically, uh, how you care for yourself and health in general. So that being said, um, I'd like to jump into some precepts or beliefs I have, which I feel was very crucial for me to maybe embrace on why I made my choices of modalities or choices that I made in order to get over the hump of having COVID 19 for approximately 20 days. Um, one of the things that I really believe is that the body can heal itself. So we have an innate wisdom that we can tap into and everybody has that. 
uh, for our body to heal. I'm just going to go through, you know, like bullet points because I know we have a lot of things to cover. Uh, the second thing is that health is multi-layer, meaning, it, you see, with Western medicine, when I, I just maybe want to clarify, when I mention Western medicine, that's the training that's, that I get from medical school, from the medical school. And most of our nurses, Filipino nurses that came from the Philippines, also had that training in the Philippines with this Western concept of what health is. So most of the medical institutions here, not, you know, in, in the U.S., once you're licensed to practice as a nurse or a doctor and you pass the board or NCLEX, you are tested according to Western medical principles. So I will be talking about that maybe this much, but I will be talking more on what, when I say that health is multi-layer, uh, multi-layer meaning it's not just the physical aspect. So usually when a doctor gives you a clean bill of health, meaning that your vital signs is within normal range, your test results, your blood work, it doesn't show that you are above the range of what would be considered uh, healthy or normal. What we consider, when, we, when I also mentioned about Eastern medicine, and that's the practices that, or even holistic medicine, or complementary alternative um, health medicines, as we would call it. These are the practices that we've had in, in the Philippines from villages and from the indigenous peoples, pre-colonization. And these are also practices uh, of other countries like China, you know, the Chinese medicine, the Korean have their own practices. So with Japan, I'm a Reiki master that originated from Japan. Uh, the body brain yoga was originated in Korea that I have just recently learned. Ayurvedic uh, practices came from India. So all of these have their own framework of how they see health and mostly this, this, this uh, other side of Western medicine consider health as multi-layer, meaning it's not just a physical. You have emotional, mental, and social, spiritual levels of your health, and each uh, affect each other. Um, so when I, when I go through my presentation about coronavirus, I'm not just talking about the virus. That's why I want to make this clear from the beginning. I'll be talking about the person, what it is about your health as a person that the virus comes in and triggers it. And so when we talk about how do we handle this virus now, or if, there was a, if there's a comeback second wave or whatever it is that scientists are saying, if we see health as a holistic, uh, multi-layer concept, then we're not just going to focus on just the virus. And what Western medicine thinks is possibly the way to handle the virus. And of course, they said there's no cure. But with us, we have a whole range of stuff that we have known for centuries that how to take care of ourselves and our family that for us has worked. So I'll be discussing that because I practiced that during my COVID ordeal. 
another concept that I'd like to kind of instill because that for me is also very important because I'm an energy worker is that everything is energy. And when we say that health is an energy phenomena, it is. So your thoughts are energy. And I'll give you one example. You know, when you're nervous, doesn't you, you know, you're, you're, you get heart palpitation, you, you, and you're, you're worried and you have, or anxiety, you have these butterflies in your stomach. So everything that you feel and think, your body reacts to it. So in a way, health is energy. So the way, uh, maybe one example also is like when you worry, that energy of worrying affects your stomach. So when you're also having anxiety and fear, that affects your kidneys. So you may be going to the bathroom more often than necessary. When you're having sadness or you know, bitterness, that affects your heart area. And that energy makes you feel low and sometimes you get chest pains. So all of this has a bearing on our health, the energy of how we think about it. And that had a bearing on me while I was uh, having COVID. Um, I'll mention stress later on because that's in a different million. I'll mention stress later on in connection with the immune system, but just to, you know, maybe flag that. Um, all energy also has vibrations. So everything, you know, when we eat our food, just to kind of, you know, when we eat our food, that is broken down by our stomach to change into chemicals. And that chemicals has vibrations. So when we say that we have vibrations, when you have love and you're feeling high, that your vibration in your body is good. And when you have this good high vibration, that affects your immune system. When you're feeling bitter and low and angry, that has a toll on your liver, and that also affects your immune system. I'm saying all this because in complementary alternative medicine, all these matters, even in Chinese medicine, all these matters. And for me not to mention it, I will go back again to the Western thinking that all that matters is a vital sign and, you know, and passing the test or passing an x-ray. Uh, another factor I feel that is so important too is I believe in spirits and I believe in the will. Spirit can be internal and external, you know, uh, external can be, you know, some believe in God, some believe in specific uh, religious, the Catholic believe in Jesus Christ, the Buddhist, you know, some just have the universe, uh, some believe in the great spirit. Uh, when we were prior to colonization, we have Batala, which doesn't have any gender at all. And that was also the great spirit in our country. So with this spirit, you know, we also, I just would like to mention, you know, in some indigenous peoples believe they have good medicine and bad medicine. And when they consider bad, you know, good medicine are the ones that bring your spirit up, the ones that raise your vibration, the ones that using the herbs and practices that make you at ease, that makes energy flow in and out because that's Eastern medicine. For you to be healthy, energy should be able to flow in and out of your body with ease and with balance, as the Zen would say. You know, the health is all about balance. 
And if there is imbalance and there is a blockage or stagnant energy, then you get this ease. And then you get this imbalance. So when COVID comes in, this is an external factor coming in. If there is some imbalance already prior to COVID coming in, in your body, not just on the physical level, uh, then you know that COVID can affect you in different ways. And I'll, I'll be able to touch that a little later. Uh, another fact, yeah, I also want to mention this, but plants have, have spirits too. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, medicine that we got from plants, which I didn't learn at Western, you know, Western, you know, medicine in, in, in medical schools. I learned about good medicine, plant medicine, when I was in the movement, when I was barefoot doctor. I learned plant medicines from, you know, in the barrios, in the villages, where you cannot, when you don't have a drugstore nearby. And these are very important practices because although we are here in the States and we are in the middle of capitalism, there is a lot of this that sometimes we don't acknowledge because they look like they're not civilized or they don't like not modern. But I'd really like to re, you know, like I said, reactivate those practices because it does work. So, okay. So I mentioned also about the will. I, I think the will is very important because at one point when I was in COVID, you know, the will is something inside. It's, it's your, it's your spirit wanting to fight. It's your, you know, it's that thing that would keep you going. And when I was in the movement, you know, your the cause itself was your will to, to fight, to survive, to win. And when things are really rough, no matter what, you have that will to, to really push through. And I'll share that later on with my experience in COVID because there were times that my will was very low. And those were the times I noticed too that my fever was spiking up. So there is really a connotation between how you think, how you feel, and your health. Uh, one important point I, I really also want to tell people hold on, about the connection of the brain and the body. Uh, the brain we know is, is here at the upper, right? But we also have another brain, which they call the lower brain, which is in the abdominal area. Abdominal area. The abdominal area, maybe I'll stand up. Are you, you know, below where you have your navel, that area actually uh, has one, has majority of your internal organs. Now, the, the role of the heart, and we, I learned this in medical school. The lower, the, one of the main purposes of the heart is to feed the brain. If there was nothing, the heart is conditioned to pump blood firstly to feed the brain. Now we only know of one brain, you know, one mind here, here in case in the skull in the upper. We're not familiar with the lower brain, which is at the abdominal area, which actually the gut area here, you know, from your, from your stomach, just below your chest, below your diaphragm, down through 
below your navel, that area holds almost all the majority of your organs and one third of the blood supply goes to that organ. Uh, another also fun you know, info is that 90% of serotonin, which is the mood stabilizer hormone, is found in, is created in your gut. So is 50% of dopamine, the happy hormone, is created in your gut. Now, why am I saying this? Because a healthy gut is crucial to uh, mental, emotional healing, and is also very important in when you say healthy gut is equal to high immunity. And I'm mentioning this because when I later on share with you some tapping, uh, tapping modality that I chose how to build the immune, why am I centering on the gut? Is it, it is because of that. You also have your ovaries that has the, the adrenaline glands, you know, the adrenaline glands, they're the fight and flight hormones. So when you're always in stress, those hormones produce all these things that make you move better, you know, and, and, and go for it, you know, because it's, it's life and death. So that's very important to, to note about that. Um, when they say manage your brain, manage your life, we're talking about not just your brain over here, but also your lower brain. Uh, the lifestyle and immune system, um, and this is the last part before I go to the major COVID. Uh, your immune system is actually affected by three things. One is the emotional health, they say, which is your anxiety, your worry, your stress. If you have all this up and you're always worried and you're always stressful and you have all this anxiety and you're not able to manage that, meaning not go through a time every day to de-stress, then your immune system is, what you call this, overworking itself to keep up with you. And that's not good. Another that affects the immune system is sleep. If you don't get enough sleep, then you know, you're, you're taxing your whole system again to serve you. So then your body is very hard to recover. Uh, I mentioned about health gut. You know, the, this, this part, the gut part, health gut is so important to health. Hormonal balance. Hormonal balance is equal to immune balance. Uh, I'll, I'll discuss that a little bit later. Uh, and then nutrition is so important. It, the lifestyle of eating the right kind of foods and when to eat it uh, has also uh, an effect on the immune system. And lastly, it's exercises and regular movement. A friend of mine said, you know, movement is always good medicine. So, of course, if you over move, you, you get muscle sore. But exercise and movement itself is really good medicine. Uh, okay, so those are my precepts or beliefs of what, for me, was my guidelines when I did the, you know, when I had to tackle my COVID. Um, of course, all of you, as, as, as you guys know, COVID right now, you don't know whether, you know, we always have something new. Before it says it affects the lungs, the throat, you know, 
and the nasal passages. Then later on, we have affecting the digestive tract. You know, some have having diarrhea, some have been having embolism or blood, blood clots. And so the cardiovascular system is affected too. And I had, uh, I had my co-nurse who's also a doctor in Cuba. She, he was explaining to us how, you know, when you get COVID, when you're getting uh, blood pressure meds, the COVID does a receptor around, does a, some kind of a covering around your cells that, and, and the blood pressure medicine has no effect. So there's too many things going on right now with COVID, especially also now before. Now it says that it's affecting children. And before when we were starting, they just said, well, you know, it's just gonna affect one of the pre-existing condition is just as long as you're 65 and above. So having said that, you know, it's, I don't want to underestimate this virus any longer. So we really have to know how to handle it. Uh, some of the existing, well, when I had my COVID, so I had fever for 15, 17 days. Uh, I lost also my, my taste and my smell, maybe around the 10th, 12th day, 12th day. Uh, I, I had initially shortness of breath, but not as much. I had dry cough. I was having malaise and fatigue, like, you know, all the symptoms of having um, flu. I went right away, my first day had, I went right away to urgent care. Urgent care didn't want to test me because I'm not critical enough. And I asked, so what is critical? And said, well, you know, if you can't breathe anymore, you go to the ER and they'll test you. So I said, what the, you know, like, but assume that you have COVID because you seem to have all the symptoms. So without any confirmation of having been COVID positive, I just, and said, so the only advice they said is, well, go home. So because you have a history of asthma, you have this, you have that. So just take care of yourself at home. And when I went home, I, I didn't know what to do. Nobody else knew what to do. You know, we were just saying, you know, and my, my friends who were doctors would say, I called even my PCP, if you had fever, take Tylenol. If, you're, if you can't manage your cough, then get cough medicine. You know, drink lots of water. And that was all they knew. And I was like, what do I do? You know, I'm having this high fever and all that. I have my half bottle of Tylenol. And I said, mm, maybe that's enough. You know, who finishes a whole bottle of Tylenol anyway? So I gathered all my teas and everything that I know, all my vitamins and everything that I know that could possibly help me. So... I'll, I'm, I'm going to organize how I manage myself during COVID. So let's, uh, let me get first to water. Water is something healing. Water, as they say, is, you know, the water, I, I love water. So during COVID, I did uh, maybe four things with water that I feel that's very important. One was we had this, this is not Western medicine. This is practical medicine we learn, I learned in the Philippines. When you're having sore throat, gurgle with warm water with salt. 
I don't know, you know, most of us have this. Oh, you have, you, you know, you're, have, you're having itchy throat? Gurgle one water with salt. So I did that. And then I said, you know what? I'm so sick of gurgling water, you know, warm water and salt. Sometimes I would do the, a little drop of tea tree oil and warm water. As I said, I gathered all my ammunition, you know, my oils, my teas. So I, I would choose, okay, this. And then, oh, I have to do my sinus cleanse because I used to have sinusitis. So I looked at the sinus cleanse. It says sodium, you know, sodium chloride and sodium bicarbonate. Oh, so that's salt and that's just salt and baking soda. So I said, now I know if I run out of my, my sinus cleanse packet, you see, I, I had somebody go to the drugstore. They didn't have anymore. Like everything is, is, is gone. And I said, okay, so that I know what to do. And then, so I was doing that for cleansing. And then, oh yes, I have my apple cider. So I would have apple cider with warm water every morning. Okay, why is this so important? Because I, I want everybody to realize that when I choose something, because I'm really knowing why I have to do it, not because, you know, it was said that I have to do it. Uh, when the COVID, the COVID, they say, enters first the nasal and the mouth, right? My goal was for that virus not to reach my lungs. Because before, the, you know, when it reaches the lungs, then you, from the lungs, that can go systemically, meaning that's where it can go to the heart, to the head, to the, you know, diarrhea, and to the blood. So I said, no, you have to stay. My goal was to stay, for if, because I have the virus, with my nasal and my throat. That's where you're going. I want to contain it over there. So they need to die just by there. So I have to do that cleansing so that it doesn't get anywhere else, you know. Second is hydration. Why is hydration so important? The virus likes dryness. When you have dry throat always, that's why they say you have these lozenges, you know, when you're coughing, drink and drink water. It's because you want to keep that moist. The virus likes dryness and dampness. Okay, so there's, and it looks contradictory, but it's not. The dampness is upper respiratory, like your, your nasal passages, and the dryness here. They love that. So you want to counteract that because you don't want them going further down your lungs. So what do I do to hydrate? I was drinking water for a while, and then I realized, wait a minute. I learned from nursing school, you know, you have to have electrolytes. You can't just be drinking water because when you're having this fever, you're having this electrolyte imbalance. I mentioned, guys, earlier about our body's composed of chemicals. So, I, there was no, there was, at one point, we were able to get some coconut water. My son, Joel and Rachel, got me coconut water and some Gatorade. After that, you know, I finished up the coconut water in two days. There was no coconut water already in, in 7-Eleven. So what do I do? I need a hydration drink, right? Salt and water, salt, no, sorry, salt and sugar and water. That can replace Gatorade. So that's another, if you don't have Gatorade, you don't have coconut water, then get salt and sugar, water, boom. You can have that. Teas, okay? So hydrate teas. Why? Because teas are warming. 
not only warming, they warm the channel as well. So they hydrate and they warm at the same time. I gathered all my teas, whatever teas I have, right? Oh, the best tea I was, that was really effective was ginger, turmeric, and malungai tea, moringa. Moringa is is now the very high, you know, is is a craze now in New York. Everything is moringa because it's considered one of the highest protein, uh, highest protein content. You need protein, okay, because you need to build those cells in your body to fight for you. And I also had lemon water. So I had, I gathered all my tea. So, you know, depending on my mood, but my base was ginger turmeric. I had chamomile tea. I had raw boys. I had hibiscus. I had, oh yes, I had oregano. Oregano is very good. That plant, I finished all the leaves. I wish I could have gotten more. My Latino patients, they have oregano in their, they have oregano plant in their kitchen. It, like oh my goodness you know give me part of the give me part of the plant and i use the fresh oregano in my steam inhalation in my tea until i finished it all i wish i could have gotten the whole pot if i knew that i was going to use it you know and then aloe i finished also all my aloe leaves for what's worth i said i wish i had all my i wish i had more aloe because that aloe what does aloe do it coats your stomach you know, when you're getting this Tylenol and all this and you, you don't want to eat. You really don't. I don't have my taste buds and I can't smell. You don't have that appetite. The aloe coats. Remember I was telling you about your gut? So when you're getting worried then your stomach gets, give you all that sounds, that aloe coats your stomach. And, you know, for, 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 one, for people who want to Google aloe, aloe is like one of those wonder plants. That is good for everything, for hair, for skin, for ulcers, for everything, anti-inflammation. So you want to have aloe plant or at least some aloe drink always with you. So that's, that's with the hydrate. Okay, another, so number three in my list of what is the water healing part? Steam inhalation. If there's anything else I want you not to forget is steam inhalation. We were doing steam inhalation in the Philippines every, every time somebody had cough, every time somebody had asthma, and we didn't have cough medicine. Of course, cough medicine in the Philippines, Sampalo Cluyac Calamansi, which is a vitran slate, it's tamarind, ginger, and citrus, calamansi. So you can make your, we made our own cough medicine in the bondocks and everywhere. So Anyway, so we've got the steam inhalation. I found out later on that steam inhalation had a, had a much more sophisticated term. It's thermal hydration therapy. Ooh, that's just steam inhalation with us. And how do you do steam inhalation? You have a pot with, in a warm, warm, uh, you, you have to boil at least warm enough. You put salt and you put some of your oils. If you have the best oil, actually, is lemongrass. Mullion is next. But if you have eucalyptus and peppermint, but if you don't have any oils at all, okay, just steam. And you don't want to put salt, just steam. And you cover your, get a, get a towel to cover. That steam, should you should be at least one feet and a half away because you don't want to be burned by the steam, you know. And you cover that 
to have like a like a sweat lodge or a sauna that itself i found out later on is a number one tool in finland in japan in vietnam for the covid i didn't know that i was just doing it and i remember us doing that when i was in the villages you know and i also i remember doing that in you know we have nipa huts and we have like you know the floors are like bamboos people would would steam will they'll have a fire under and steam so that the steam goes through the bamboo floors and you have that steam and people that were sick was inhaling that i said oh that makes a lot of sense and then i also found out that indigenous peoples the native americans here they use a lot of steam the same way that we do under the nipahats they would have a fire under the houses in sort of the basement and have that steam go through the cracks of wood to have that steam so i said i realized that this is so important why because the steam warms the channel remember i mentioned to you that the virus covid virus 19 likes dryness now when you warm the channel you also warm the pores you, you warm the skin remember skin is one of the organs of the body where you eliminate toxins other than the liver and the kidneys so when you open the pores of the skin and you have fever the toxins come out and then you can dry off and, and put some dry clothes but steam inhalation in itself steam in itself is is a practice that i think that if there was one important thing you should remember it's also advised that if you're a nurse you come from or first responders uh not just the nurse but even if you uh, the mass transit when you come home and you take off all your clothes get into your steam inhalation because then whatever virus you have as i said they don't like all this warmness they like dry and damp you get that all out so that's one another with another also that's water in the water healing category it's just me putting this in organization is the one called shower when i was having what is the importance of that i would have warm cold shower maybe two three times a day when I, especially when i was having high fever why is it so important it's because the warm cold shower opened the pores and it's very good for circulation why do you want circulation because the circulation builds your immune okay it's not so stagnant you know this uh cytokine storms it's all like they're they're confused anymore they don't know what to kill you know this this warrior cells you kind of calm them down when you have this warm cold shower so to me that's important okay so that's water now we go to air during winter you have all your all the you know all your windows closed they advise well have some fresh air you know have some sunshine yeah but i can't open the window because it's cold right so how do you at least have your air that's a little bit more you know because you're breathing air and you want that air to work for you one during winter well if you're not in you know if you're in the tropics that's not so much a problem but during winter here i you have to have a humidifier if you do not have a humidifier and i said this to some of my patients 
get a bowl of water, put it near a hydrator, you know, where you can have that steam, you know, moistening the air. That's so important because, again, the virus wants dryness. If you, I mentioned, to, I think, earlier about plants. We have had plants in our good medicine practices for a centuries, for as long as I can remember. Now, other than plants, you know, those plants now, because you can't always get the oregano plant or the, you know, or the aloe plant. So come, they have now, because of technology, have essential oils that came from plants. So if you have an oil diffuser at home, and I have for every room, you can have that medicinal atmosphere or medicinal air. Use that essential oils, and I can give a little some of the oils later on, to build your immune system, to help your respiratory system, you know, function better, and to open the nasal passages. So that's one. Uh, one of the things also, okay, with the food, one thing you do not want to eat, whether you have COVID or you're not feeling well, is dairies. Because dairies is mucus forming, so stay away from dairies. And as much as possible, you can have more, if you can be vegetarian, be vegetarian. If not, less meat. You know why? Meat has a lot, you need a lot of energy to break down the meat. And you kind of want your energy to, you know, to be there to help you heal, to help your immune systems. So you don't want them to, to be spread out so much, breaking your food. And then, you know, you have other sources of protein. You, so no dairies, you know, eat warming foods. What is warming foods? Well, warming foods are usually what is in season. So during, you know, like uh, all wood crops are warming foods. When you, summer is like all these leafy foods, you know, like the salads. That's usually good for summer. So maybe lessen the salads, have more of the foods that are in season that are warming foods. Okay. Uh, next is... I mentioned earlier about movement. So let me, how many minutes do I have? Just checking. I still have 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, what else? Oh yeah. Before I go to movement, supplements. Some say, well, I take a lot of vitamins, blah, blah, blah. Okay, vitamin C. I mean, you guys know this already. Most of you, they say, oh, if you get a lot of vitamin Z, zinc, echinacea, elderberry, vitamin D, then you're good to go. Vitamins are good, but they should not replace nutritious food. Okay, so you invest a lot of vitamins, but invest in your vegetables. And nutritious greens. Uh, white rice is good, but most of the white rice we buy now doesn't have much nutrients anymore. So I convince you to get more the quinoa, the you know the more grainy, the red rice, black rice. But as I said, if you want white rice, that's fine. But as I said again, nutrition versus vitamins. Put more of your money into food. 
you know, nutritious food. But some people would buy vitamins and not eat, you know, healthy. Uh, there are some products that I did take uh, that I think help. They're aloe-based. They're called Manatec products. So I, I really highly recommend that. Uh, if, oh, yeah, honey. I am very particular about honey. But this honey, I swear by it because it's Manuka honey. I don't think you guys can see it. Okay. Manuka honey, the real Manuka honey comes from New Zealand and Australia. They have this Manuka tree that is considered sacred. And the indigenous people like, uh, you know, everything about the tree, the bark, the flowers, you know, everything about the tree to them is medicinal. And I will swear by this because you just take one teaspoonful, you drink it, and it, it coats your uh, channels. You don't drink water or anything after an hour. It is so expensive arm and a leg but i don't mix it with anything else i introduced it into my office i'm glad i took it back because my office mates skip whenever i'm in the office because i'm a field nurse so i'm always out but whenever i'm in you know they say saki can i have some of your manuka i'm having this cold okay can i have some of your manuka i'm having this cup Everybody was getting my manuka. At one point, I said, you know, guys, buy your own. I need to bring this home. I'm glad they brought this home before the lockdown, okay? So it is an arm and a leg, but I think it's good investment. If you were to buy honey is in itself, it's medicinal. But if you buy honey in Costco, I don't know if that's just sugar. So know the source of your honey. Okay, so I have regular honey that I buy from my sister in Delaware because she knows she saw it in the Amish community. I get my honey there. I invest on my honey. That's where I put on my teas or what. But this is special. So I've been using this. And guess what? You know, my cough didn't get as, <coughs> as much as my cough. I did one time like my gut was coming out. Oh, my goodness. I was having manuka honey every maybe two hours. And after that two days, bingo, gone. So I swear with Manuka honey. Um, I mentioned to you guys about the teas, medicinal teas. That's not only good for hydration, but you know, it's very good also. We have used, if you can get fresh leaves teas, I, I buy some of my chamomile teas in the Spanish supermarkets because they have a lot of dried stuff that they put you know, manzanilla, and they have other herbs. If you can get fresh sage and fresh thyme, and uh, yes, those are very good. You can buy it in the supermarket, or you get the teas. And I have used the, those as supplements. Um, I also had a friend of mine who said, uh, uh, she said, can you... She's studying acupuncture. She said, can you get a picture of your tongue? I gave her a picture of my tongue. And she gave me some Chinese herbs, which I, when I read, it was good for respira respiratory system, which, and, which was good for fever, which was good for general health. So I was taking them as supplements too, and they're Reishi Ginseng. So I said, oh, you know what? 
I, I welcome everything that means that, you know, like might help me. And these are non-traditional. So I said, oh, that's good. Uh, okay. So we go now to some movement. I'm going to show you some tapping that I have actually practiced that I think has helped build my immune system. Let me just adjust that. So if this is, can you guys see? So if this is my navel, right? I have my closed fist. So I do this. So I mentioned that this part is where your gut is, where you have all, you know, one third of your blood supply and almost all your organs are here. So I usually do this tapping. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I do that till maybe around a hundred. Because as I said, I want to open up this area to activate my immune system. And then I do this too. This is where you have your spleen under, it's your left side, the where your white blood cells are created. This is where your liver is. So I tap my liver as well. This is where your stomach is, the words this. So I keep just on tapping. My point is when I tap, I'm actually waking them up and having the blood flow to them. And you're also creating that vibration, okay? So I'm telling them, wake up. And when I'm tapping, I'm talking to them. Hey, come on. You better, you better just wake up and hey, all these white blood vessels, calm down and, and, and get organized and fight for me, you know? And when I do my stomach, I say the same thing. When I do my liver, I say the same thing. Hey, get those toxins out from the Tylenol. I want you to work for me, okay? Now, when I do my heart area, and that's where the lung is. I do this and I kind of always talk to myself, Saki, if there's any bitterness or anything that's in you, let it go. If you're angry about somebody, I tap my liver and say that, let it go. If there is this sadness in you, you're going to get well, let it go. Okay. So all this tapping stuff and when I tap, I not only these fingers, I also use my whole palm. So when I tap here, I tap till the back. This one, the uh, below the, you know, the, what do you call this, the armpit? We have lymph nodes there. This lymph nodes is where, so this will fight for you because, you know, those lymph, when there is inflammation, they are ready to kind of woo. Let's, let's go to work. Let's fight this, this thing. So you want them to be like, you know, when you don't need them, they're sleeping. They're just, you know, like, okay, she's fine. You want to activate them. Tap that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Around 20. And do the same with the other one. You know? And here. So I tap every part of my body, even my back. You know where you have your in uh, your back. I don't think you guys got that. I do that. 
Okay, there is an important tapping point oh, before that. So with here, I kind of just, you know, after I have tapping here, I tap here too to balance the left and the brain, left and right brain. And I tap even the back too. There is another tapping which you want in the lung area. I, I actually taught my husband and I learned this from my dad. My dad was a doctor and he's, he's a pediatrician. And I, I used to work with him also during my summer times. And he taught some of the, oh yeah, and he studied acupuncture in China. So he was combining Eastern and Western medicine. He, uh, if you cup your hand like this, right? He said to those that have asthmatic children or anybody else, if you have like pneumonia or just having difficulty breathing, so you cup like this. And if this was the back, you do this. From the back, okay? So boom, 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 boom. Or from, from the, from in, out. It's not gonna hurt because this, the, the tips of your hand, this portion is the one, uh, you know, touching the back. But there is a vacuum here, which is like pockets. You're giving air to your back. So that is very crucial for the lungs in your back, you know? It's like a prophylaxis, but they call it percussion. Some call it chest prophylaxis because that helps the lungs. Now, I found out, uh, okay, I found a way. Because there was one time my husband was asleep and I said, I want some, pro you know, I want to have something on my back like this. Now, you see, we're very, the women are very resourceful, right? So I found this. I said, ooh, I can use this. I don't need somebody. I don't need my husband, actually, if he, you know, to, to pat my back. So I use this to pat my back. Or you have the lungs, and then you can control it too. You know what I'm saying? Ah, okay. So, you know. I was very resourceful, so now I have an additional. I don't need somebody to do my packing on the back, the percussion. See, so I was doing this and it really helped because that's what you need in the hospitals. The nurses sometimes would do that, but not often. Again, this is Western. Well, you know what they would do if you can't breathe, they'll give you a ventilator oxygen. They will not give you that tapping, which I feel is very important because that's what we do in the villages. That's what we do back home because it's, it is, it opens up the lungs. It opens up the, you know, you're, you're giving some air uh, packages at the back. So there's some due to it. So that's it. Oh, yes. So let's go to one important, a few important points. So if you put your hand across like a Pledge of Allegiance for the lack, or just put it across, I don't want to be using the Pledge of Allegiance thing, you feel the, the collarbone. So go below the collarbone and feel where you feel that certain soreness, you know? Okay, here, here, I find it. Below the collarbone, 
you feel that certain soreness. Ooh, you know, like you press it and you feel that soreness. That is uh, acupoint directly to the lungs. So you do that, you tap on it, you can do that at any point, watching TV and all that. You know what? This really helped me. At one point, I had, I'm going to show you, this is the pulse oximeter, okay? When I had COVID, my oxygen, this measures your oxygen and your pulse rate or heart rate. So my SP, the oxygen level percentage, was always 93. And my goal was it should be between 90, it shouldn't go below 90 or 91 or even 93. If nothing's wrong with you, you can see your oximeter now could be, you know, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. The higher, the better, which means that your lungs is able to get oxygen and get out carbon dioxide. So your lungs is functioning, okay? So at one point, I had my reading at 88. You know, 88, when you get that reading, you're a candidate for oxygen and ventilator in the, in the hospital. They will right away put you. They will not, but I said, no, let me find. I took my tapping and I took this and I did my breathing, which I'm going to teach you next. So I did those three things till I took again my oximeter till I went back again to 93. <sighs> then I was able to kind of, okay, you're still doing good. To me, yes, the hospitalization is an option, but not if I can help it. Okay. So that for me was very important. Uh, there was one time I was trying to not, I was always having fever. But when my fever was low, I didn't want to make use of all the Tylenol because that Tylenol is very toxic to the liver. And I had to get probiotics for liver even while I was taking Tylenol. Because, you know, the liver is very resilient organ, but once the liver is mm -mm, it's so hard to recover. So while I was taking Tylenol, I was, I was also getting the probiotics liver support. But I didn't want to take the Tylenol every time. So I would take Tylenol when my fever is very high, only because this is the thing. Western medicine, always, always, you know, always fast track. When you have very high fever, I want that down right away. I'll take my Tylenol. When my fever is low, I don't take my Tylenol. I will press this. You know, if this is your finger at the side, do maybe three minutes, all the fingers. I was doing that. And then I'll also do the other side. Just press, press, press. Two, three minutes. And then this too. Because that will activate also your temperature. Until I can see that my temperature is low already, then I'll stop. Another point is when you put your hand over like this, you feel that muscle, there's this muscle here, but you feel, when you feel that spot where you feel a bone, the blade of your shoulder, you, get, you, you massage that, that's also for fever. 
Another one, when I was having pain, I didn't want to take Tylenol again. This is your thumb. There's a line here, right? So you put that line over here where you have this, uh, this skin over between your thumb and your pointer. So you put that line over here, that point you press. That's very good for pain. I was scheduled to go to a dentist. Guess what? Lockdown, no dental appointment, okay? So I had to between, I said, okay, when I was taking Tylenol, in between, I didn't have my, my toothache. But as I said, I was trying not to get my Tylenol because I know my liver is going to suffer. So I would do this, press this. And then when I'm tired and sore, I'll do the other one too. Line by the, by the skin, boom. And I would do that. Now, again, you know, I don't want to get bored. So when I'm getting bored with that, I want to get another point. So if this is my elbow, okay. You have that crease point in your elbow, just below that. That's also another point for pain and fever. So it depends on my mood where I would do, where I would press, where I would do, you know, over here under, for my sinus, I would press this for my sinus over here as well. Oh, by the way, this one is lung one, it's very good for the lungs. It's also very good for depression and trauma. So when I was feeling really low, I would be crying, and I'm kidding you not. I will be having my hot shower and I'll be crying. What happened? I'm doing everything I can. My fever's not getting. I would be pressing this till I kind of calmed down and I said, you know what, you'll be okay. But there are tools, you know, that we can do ourselves. And you just have to have the presence of mind and, and, the, and the will. Because you know what, if you have that high fever, you can't always think straight. And it was hard. But then I noticed that when I get panicky and I, oh my God, I said, what? I said, you know, I'm supposed to be getting well. I'm doing all this already. And it's my 12, 14 day of fever. Am I doing something wrong? So you get this feeling of like, you know, depression. And like, you, you, you there was a one point I thought I was going to die. And you have to take all these deep breaths and do your tapping and really just, just fight for you. Because if you don't, what happens, right? So you kind of assess, okay, calm down, Saki, calm down. You know, I'm showing you a few breathing exercises that has helped me because I'm telling you, it's easy to have your will and spirit at the start. Oh yeah, you can fight this. These things are going good. On the 14th day of fever, you think I had my spirits up? No, I was doubting. I was doubting. I said, I had my teeth. I had this. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe this is not working. Maybe I need to go to the hospital already. Because there was this doubt. But then every time I doubted myself and every time I was having difficulty, my, I, the more I was having a difficulty, you know, having the shortness of breath, and then my fever would spike up. This is when I need to calm down. 
And one of the things that helped me calm down, one of the things when I can't like, you know, I have this oh, anger, then I will do my tapping. Or I would do my breathing. There's a lot of breathing exercises. Some of them, it's like you just fill up all your air, your, 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 you know, your abdomen and chest with air. You hold it. Now you see, I just didn't breathe. I also made a sound. Okay, that's important. Remember the virus is going through the mouth or nasal passages through your throat. This is the throat area. This is also the energy center of communication and speaking up. I have to speak up. The women, us women, you know, what in as a nurse, as you don't you have to have opportunities to speak up and you have to be your advocate. So when I breathe, oh, I really release and sometimes I would be crying. Just speak up because that's so important. You strengthen your throat, you strengthen the energy and you let go. It's not just for the throat. You're letting go of all these doubts and pain inside your heart. So when you're breathing, full breathing, oh, that's one. When I'm feeling okay, that means, you know, I'm able to stand up, go to the bathroom, my fever is low, then that's time for me to kind of build and boost my immune. So while I'm sometimes tapping, I'm doing the abdominal breathing just below. And you know it's abdominal breathing because you see your ab abdomen in, out, in, out, and you push it in and you know, and you, you have that sound as well. So you have those, at least even that, when, I would, when my oximeter was low, I was doing it until I get, get it back to 93. Even just those two breathing. Then when you really feel calm, and then you just do your natural breathing. <sighs> and then you kind of massage yourself, you know, like you feel, you did a good job. Thank you. And you feel grateful, but you need to speak up. You need to make that sound. Because you know what? As I said, you know, you need to get all this stuck up energy in your, in your heart, in your lungs, in your throat, out. Because that's, that's what the virus likes. And sad to say, okay, when you're hospitalized, you, you don't have this. It's not allowed. It's not allowed to shout. It's not allowed to do any of this. And that's a sad part. Because then you're always lying down. You only get to do therapy once you get out of the crucial stage. But it is during the crucial time that you really need the exercise of your lungs. And yes, if you're tired, the more you're going to get tired. So even when, when I know, see, the COVID, that COVID has this, it messes up with your mind. When your fever is high and you're feeling tired, you just don't want to do anything. You just want to lie down. Yes, you need the rest. That's very important. But guess what? At one point, I forced myself, go get that 
warm shower, go get that cold shower and do some tapping and breathing. And I had to slap myself a few times, you know, wake up, Saki, you know, and I was crying because I was fighting. I was fighting me. A part of me just didn't want to do anything anymore. I thought, this is useless. You know, I'm doing it for like 12, 14 days. It's not working. Then that's when you kind of have to check yourself. You know what? You have fever. Fever is not bad. Your immune system is fighting. What the fuck? If your immune fighting is fighting for you, then come on, embrace it. And, and be grateful to that immune system and fight for you. You have to change that attitude because that brings you down. That really does. As I said, you know, if there was anything you need, it's your will. Will to live, you know, will to fight. Because that virus attacks your, it messes you up. It really messes you up. And when you don't want to fight anymore, it's easy to call 911. I want to go to the hospital. I can't breathe. But the thing is, I notice when you can't breathe, it's because you're having your anxiety. When I calm down, my fever went down. I didn't have my shortness of breath. Only when I calm down. But I had to go through that and fight. But you see, that again is Eastern medicine because in my mind, I know that all this has everything to do with my health. All this has everything to do with my immune. If I didn't think that way, no way. If I just relied on my Western medicine training, I'll be in the hospital and I'll be a candidate for ventilator. And, you know, when you're hearing all this news, nurses die, doctors die. Oh, my God. You know, I can die, too. I, I'm, not in, I'm not immune to them, to all this, just because you have the knowledge. You have to tap into all your knowledge, the good, the past, the new. And you can't say that Western medicine is all bad or Eastern medicine is all good. There is a lot of it here that I had to learn. Oh, yeah, by the way, right? I called my doctor because I was nervous. I said, what can I do? I said, I think I need to go to the hospital. And then she said, no, you're mild. No, I'm not mild. I'm having fever. My doctor is a Korean doctor. She said, if you can finish one sentence without coughing, you don't need to go to the hospital. Oh, can't you give me anything else? I said, listen, my, I have two classmates that are doctors. One is in Seattle, one is in California. Saki, get hydrochloroquine. Trump said that on TV. Get it. My, my sister and a relative sent me. I have hydrochloroquine with me. And I said, you know what? I was not feeling good. But these are experts. I had doctor friends that meant well, that advised me, get it already, Saki. You are 10 days with fever. You need to get something. You know, we gave that in the Seattle Hospital, and it worked. Here in the Philippines, we've been using that. It worked. I called my Korean doctor, Saki. She said to me, I'll give you that if you're in the hospital. because." You can be monitored. You can get AFib. If you want to get it, you can get it. I said, but you know what? You know, you know what? You're doing everything you need to do. Just stick to your protocol, okay? Just relax. And then I said, can you give me something else? Maybe I need antibiotics. He said, 
Why do you need antibiotics? Do you have a bacterial infection? You're a nurse. I said, no. I said, I don't. Anyway, she said, I'll prescribe you athistromycin just in case she said you think you have an, you know, antibiotics. I had a prescription. I was staring at it. Do I start with it? Because I already have 14 days with fever. I'm a candidate already. Probably I have a bacteria that I don't know. Let me start with azithromycin. I started. One day, I stopped. I had bloody stool. I didn't have bloody stool the whole time. I was getting worse because of this antibiotic. I said, no, I'm not going to continue. But my doctor friends were, did you get your medicine? Did you? Yeah, I got it because I just wanted them to shut up. You know, I said, no, I'm, I'm sticking to my protocol. And I got more confidence this time. I said, you know what? I'm telling you about the will. I meditated. I did visualization. Oh, that too. I did a lot of that. I did the, my visualization. I was, I was envisioning whenever I was tapping, I was envisioning every tap was like boxing, the, the, boxing those virus. Yes. Yes, come on, immune system. Yes, you're going to win this. You're going to win this. Yes, yes. I'm telling you. And then I envisioned all this green light. Yes, yes, flatten them down. Flatten them, flatten them. I was doing everything. Well, apparently it worked, right? So the meditation and visualization, it helps because it calms me down. Don't underestimate. Well, you know, I don't know how to meditate. Just breathe and calm down. Visualize all this virus, all this virus-looking ants being sprayed, being flattened out, because you know what? It builds your immune. Whenever you have anxiety and stress, your immune system goes down. Now, who's going to fight for you if your immune is down? And if you put your will down, the more they go down, who's going to fight for you again? The Tylenol and all the drugs and the ventilator, you know, when they give you medicines in the hospital and the ventilator and the oxygen, they don't cure COVID. They, they try to help the parts of your organs in your body that's not functioning. So if you have control of yourself and your organs, then talk to them. They're part of you. Ask them to cooperate with you. And I only got that later on. You know what? Instead of fighting this fever, instead of being angry at myself for not healing, and I'm supposed to be, you know, supposed to be good at helping others heal and I can't help myself. You know, all these negative thoughts doesn't help. So when I started turning the tide around, I noticed my fever getting down. I was building my strength and everything. So that's what I did while I was having COVID. Uh, I mentioned about the percussion already. Uh, yes, and because I'm a Reiki practitioner, I was raking all my teas and all my water, getting all those good energies out, and it has been proven about that. Uh, how many minutes do I have? I know. I still have a few things. You have stuff. eight minutes. Okay. <laughs> Eight minutes. Okay, hold on. Uh, Post-COVID. Okay. So that was while I was COVID, right? And then my health turned around. Now, this is where when I was feeling better, now I had the energy to disinfect the house. I said, you know what? Let me try to disinfect. 
So I was doing my sage. I was doing other my frankincense. So I continued doing my oil, uh, but I used different kinds of oil. I'll, I'll share it maybe later if there's more time. But I had the disinfect the house. I continued this time. I was more conscious. I was doing my tapping every time because now I knew it worked. I was doing my breathing every time and it kind of helped me. But you know what? I realized that after I, my, my major symptoms were out, no fever, no nothing, it maybe took me two, three weeks to re fully recover. I just got my brain last week. Of course, I went back to my work, calling patients, teleconference. But the first time I went out for the subway, I was having shortness of breath. And I said, oh my, am I having my COVID again? Then I realized that 10 minutes every day of exercise means a whole lot. If there was anything else, you do the 10 minutes exercise. Breathing, tapping, stretching, whatever you need to do. Uh, if we have time, as I said, I'm going to make more, give you a little bit more details on what oils I use and all that. Uh, yes. And what you, oh yeah, I'll just go, I'll maybe just run. Uh, in the kitchen, be sure you have garlic and ginger always, because that really helps. I use the garlic and ginger to, and, and lemon to make use, and honey, yes, apple cider too, and coconut oil. Coconut oil is like, you can have it for everything. When I was having cold and warm baths, you know, my skin would dry, so I was getting coconut oil. Uh, at one point, uh, I didn't have enough aloe. I didn't have this, you know, and the stores, the groceries don't have enough. I was getting one teaspoon of coconut oil because, again, that lines your stomach. Coconut oil is anti-inflammatory, if you guys don't know, and it, it's good cholesterol. I use more coconut oil now compared to olive oil because coconut oil has higher resistance for heat. So... If you have aloe, the, the raw aloe, that's very good. I mentioned before, too, if you can afford to buy a pulse oximeter, please do. Because you can measure your oxygen level at any time. And this helped because I was testing my oxygen level every time. If I went below 93, I would do some, I would do some of my breathing exercises. Okay? This kind of... Well, okay, if you don't have this, how do you know you're having a, you know, shortness of breath? We call this, if you observe yourself in the mirror when you breathe, you shouldn't have any movement. When you're having like, even a slight, they call this accessory muscles for breathing, that means there's something wrong already. Your, your lungs is not functioning to the optimum. Okay, uh, when I, if you have hydrogen peroxide, that's very good. You know why? When, you, when this is all congested, I would soak some hydrogen peroxide in a cotton and kind of, you know, fill it up a little bit in my ears. Because when you're having congestion, your ears still get all congested and you can feel that. The hydrogen peroxide kind of lessen the lessen the, you know, and I put like, if you have Vicks, oh yeah, Vicks too. 
But I found out there is another, yeah, Vicks, because Vicks is comfort, eucalyptus, and something else. Ooh, this is like, we were using this, yeah, eucalyptus mental comfort. This is our, we, you know, our backpack, when I was in the movement, we have to have Vicks. Vicks is for the insect bites, for all this, for the headache, and we would put it in the, in, you know, for the steam inhalation, we would have it everywhere. Now, well, you know what? Because you're in the U.S. and it's petroleum-based. I didn't know about, you know, what would. There is now, I found out, Matty's Vapor Rob, it doesn't, it's not petroleum-based. And it has other ingredients like eucalyptus and peppermint. And it has like uh, tea tree and pine. Oh, I said, this is sunflower. So I'm trying now to... And castor oil, I'm trying to shift to a non-petroleum base. If there are oils, to me, it's a must that you have at home. If there, you know, oils, if it's a must, I think that you have. The tea tree, the eucalyptus, the lavender, the geranium. I think you'll be good. So I think that's overall. If there's anything else, there's anything else I want to leave you guys with is, you know, one of the things is, oh, it's, it's a women issue too. We always think, we always put our, ourselves as the last, right? Somebody needs something, yes. Our family needs something. No, no problem. I'm here. Our friends need something. All right. The work needs something. Yes. When I was in the movement, the self doesn't exist. Even worse. Selflessness. Serve the people. The self doesn't exist. The cause is the number one. So guess what? Self-care didn't exist too. Okay. But, you know, we would be caring for everybody else. Self-care doesn't become part of the program. And my 20 days of COVID taught me about self-care. And I said to myself, and I just realized that, how can I help change the world or anything else if I'm not around, if I'm dead, you know, if I'm sick? How can I take care of my family? How can I take care of my partner or anybody else for that matter? If I'm sick or I'm not healthy. So please, you know, if there's anything else, self-care doesn't mean you're selfish. It means that you care for others because you care for yourself first. And I, I'd really like that too. The, the healthcare system in the capitalist system right now in patriarchy, the women and us, we we don't exist, okay? The healthcare system, even in the hospitals, the nurses, they, they're having their butts off, working their butts off. There is no, there is nothing about mental health involving that in any program, whatever, in, you know, in emotional, mental well-being. No, it doesn't exist. Only recently did it was brought up when a nurse committed, you know, suicide. Oh, my God, they're affected. 
duh, you know, oh, they have, oh, my, you know, like, please. I, I have seen a lot of my comrades in the movement die because they had lung cancer. What a thing to die. Because we, we before we, the smoking and the coffee was the best ever, right? Smoking kept you, you know, not hungry. And the coffee kept you well in the night, you know, for meetings well. But no self-care. When I was with the women, that's when we were doing the Tai Chi and some breathing. But nobody else, no, the other setters didn't care about all this. I think we better need to take more care and the collective healing. We should have that because we, you know, there's more to that. I, I know I'm in the end, but maybe we can talk about that, you know, about collecting healing and taking care more of ourselves to be able to do work better and to be able to, you know, to also like train our families and everybody else that, hey, you know what? I need my 10 minutes. When I was, yeah, by the way, when I had my kids, I declared one day a month as my off as a mom. So I figure out somebody else, yeah, I had my sister or somebody else took care of Joel and Carmela. I'll take off. And, and that wasn't having a meeting. No, that was for me. Whatever I wanted to do, even to just, you know. And I would do that now. When I, I didn't want, you know, you're talking the whole day to patients. When you get home, you'll be talking again to the family. So guess what? I'll just walk alone or I'll just go have dinner by myself. It felt so good. You know, like just have some time off. And that can me when we say we don't have time to exercise, that exercise is for you. Get the 10 minutes. You know, that meditation is for you. Get that. So that's my thing. And with this, you know, I, I learned self-love. And I, that will to fight for myself is because I said to myself, how am I helping change the world if I'm gone? What for, right? Okay, that's it.